evening and welcome to episode 53 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamanto Wakumalo. And of course, it's another edition of the Private Property Podcast. We had a few gremlins in our system this evening, and I suspect it's because of who we'll be speaking to. Uh, you know, for, to, certainly for some of us, he probably might not need some introduction because we've had his older brother on. Of course, this evening, I'm joined by Ibo Quagre, who's a real estate principal at Properties com And of course, his older brother is Echo Quadrant, who we've had right here on the Private Property Podcast. Of course, on Monday, we were celebrating reaching 50 episodes. And we certainly had so many of you at home to thank for certainly watching us, sending us many of your suggestions in terms of which topics you'd like us to explore, but also commenting and sharing what your property journey has been. And that's exactly what the competition is that we're currently running. All you need to do if you want to stand a chance of winning one of two 1,000 and Rand prizes is of course share with us what your property goals, dreams, and aspirations are. And we'll be announcing the winner of that competition next week, Friday. So that's all you have to do. Respond here below, whether you're watching us on Facebook, on YouTube, or Twitter, share what your aspirations and goals are right here below. And we'll be sure to enter you into that draw to winning one of two 1,000 Rand prizes. I will of course be announcing the winner as well as what their goals and aspirations were or are rather right here on the show next week Friday. Another competition that I'm sure many of you are always watching us need no introduction to is that daily 5,000 Rand cash prize that we're giving away and have been giving away for the past few days. And of course, later on in the show, we'll be giving away that amount. And that's certainly something to look forward to. You know how much I enjoy giving away money. If anything, I cannot wait until we start giving away houses. But that, of course, brings us to this evening's topic. And we're looking at how millennials are changing the way we invest in property. We all know how passionate I am about property, but specifically how passionate I am about talking about property when it comes to young people. And certainly as millennials, I'm a millennial myself, you know, we certainly have changed different things and in different sectors and property is no exception. Now, as I said, Ibo Quagrain is the one who's going to be joining us to better understand how exactly millennials have changed how, um, you know, we're investing in property and how we're doing property. Ebo, thank you so much for joining us this evening. It's a pleasure to be here, Zaba. I think before we even you know, explore how millennials have essentially changed the way we're um, you know, dealing with property or investing in property, let's perhaps look at what the status quo was before millennials became a factor. Because I think we like looking at you know, certainly what the boomers or you know, other generations have done and how they've worked when it comes to certain um, you know, uh, sectors before we even look at how the emergence of millennials entering the job market and having a bit of disposable income slowly rising up, you know, in the ranks. And we know, of course, millennials are adults up to, I think, the age of 38 up to 40. So we are old people. I think oftentimes people think, you know, it's 21, 22 year olds, but oftentimes it's a different generation altogether. If anything, Gen Z had quite a lot of shades to throw uh, our way in terms of millennials' way. So Ebo, how have you know, or how was rather the property market before we saw, um, you know, millennials rising up, getting older and being able to access the property space? So, so you know what's funny, um, Zama? I run a company where at age 35, I'm literally the oldest person in the room uh, whenever we have company meetings, right? And they keep on saying, don't talk about millennials, you're Madala. <laughs> because <laughs> saying we're raising a millennial company. Uh, but anyway... So 
about 40 years ago, right? Um, if, if you spoke about the concept of millennials being able, basically people between the ages of um, 28 up to 30, 38, um, driving the property sector, everybody would have shut you down because as things were, um, it, you know, property used to be one of those things that you have to be fully established, have a lot of money in your hand before you can go and, and buy. And everybody always saw it as an asset class for the rich um, until we came along and our generations totally changed that whole mindset. And, and we look, we're doing things a whole lot differently, a whole lot um, fast, uh, very, very fast and, 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 and strategically too. And um, yeah, so prior to, to millennials, property has always been there. Property has always been um, a great asset class for many, um, but most of the time it's been slow. It's been, um, you wait, you buy one property and you wait another 10, five years and hope to get a second. And if you do get that asset, uh, the second asset class, people usually stop. Um, and only the so-called influential and in, um, investment savvy people would be the ones that would end up having your multiple properties. And then, you know, it certainly is a trend that, of course, we're seeing right now with millennials, uh, you know, their ability to enter the property market, certainly young at well, and actually, before I even say this, I think it also depends which market you're in, because I think in South Africa, we're fortunate in that, you know, access to property, we're certainly able to access property in our 20s, it's not something that is completely out of the table, um, whereas if we look, you know, certainly if I look at some of my friends who are living, whether it's in the US, in the UK or Australia, the fact that I even own multiple properties or invest in properties, you know, they're quite shocked because they're perpetually in the rental market because of high property prices. So I think certainly if we're in South Africa, you're a South African millennial, you are able to take advantage of certainly the, the, the way that our properties are priced. And that's something I want us to talk a little bit about, Ebops, because it's one of the things that you highlight when we look at how millennials are essentially changing the pay, how we're doing property. Perhaps let's then explore that. So we've certainly looked at how the status quo was. So we look at our parents, uh, you know, they were certainly only able to access property by a certain age. And I think with certainly, if you look at black parents, a lot of them were only able to access property or buy properties well into their 40s or mid 40s. So it certainly wasn't something that they were able to access in their earlier years, whereas they are finding their children being able to buy property in their 20s. How then have millennials essentially changed the way we're investing in properties? What are some of the things that millennials are looking for when they're looking for their property? And what are some of the priorities they have when they're looking into growing or starting their investment property? So, so talking about that, um, my mom and dad actually couldn't get it when I told them at 825 that I'd already bought my fourth property. Uh, and, and they were like totally shocked, like, well, how the heck are you doing this? Um, because yes, our parents had to wait longer. Um, they, they had to definitely um, put up monies together and they were not really using the financial system to their advantage uh, or didn't know how to do it. Um, within our context, that's what's really, really happened. So a lot of people talk about how millennials never save for retirement, right? And how we always look at retirement as a as an end goal. I mean, I was there. Uh, and what I realized as a financial advisor in the banks uh, in, in the years two, two, 2008 when I started out was most of my friends really didn't want to put money away and wait until age 65 when they were 20 years old. You know, it seems so far. So the average millennial uh, 
has been thinking, you know what? Yes, I will retire, but why should I wait until age 65 to um, basically taste the proverbial uh, milk and honey? I want to have it now. So the mindset of the millennial is I want to accumulate the assets that will give me the financial freedom that I need now because I don't want to wait till forever. Uh, the average millennial is also thinking, you know what? I want to have a great lifestyle. Now, why should I basically go and live in a certain setup that I may not necessarily want to live in uh, instead of renting there, renting where I want to be and actually owning where um, other people don't want to be, but basically I could get a good rental income from. So the mindset of the millennial is very instant, but it's also very strategic in that I'm going to do A and I must do B to basically back me up. Uh, and that's what we've been seeing. Um, we've been looking at this since the age um, 2008 up until now. And the trend has always dictated that. One of the reasons we actually let banking to um, create this properties.com as a, as a company that we build and for millennials with millennials. You know, Evan, I think it's actually quite important that we probably differentiate between the average millennial and the average working millennial. Because I think when you look at, when we certainly look at South Africa's, you know, high unemployment numbers, the average millennial very likely might not be able to access property, but the average working millennial uh, probably might, whether they, they're able to access, you know, things like FLISP, which we've certainly covered right here on the Private Property Podcast, which gives you an opportunity to buy your first property in the event where you're earning between 3,501 and 22,000 rands. And it really does give you a in order for you to be able to access that property market or perhaps to some of the more high earners um, who are millennials and you know oftentimes we speak you know of young professionals and their ability to be able to access that line of credit um, from the banks you know so something that I certainly want to look at ever I mean is oftentimes when you look at millennials there are certainly different schools of thought that say some millennials um, and some people you know will run the various figures focus more on rental and this could be because they don't really see themselves entering into a 20-year long relationship um, with the financial institutions with some of course as financial barriers like their inability to actually get that line of credit even though they may have aspirations to do so um, versus millennials who like you're saying want to potentially own a property uh, and even perhaps you know extend or um, grow their investment portfolio and buy additional properties how do we then uh, you know, assess the two different types of millennials, given their set of needs, given their set of sort of financial and economic circumstances, in better understanding what drives millennials. Because certainly as an investor, whether you're a millennial investor or a boomer investor, you want to understand how young people are assessing their rental and buying needs before they go and before you even, um, you know, perhaps expend your portfolio, because you know that that's very likely going to be your primary um, customer in your rental property. Very, very true. Uh, so when we're talking about millennials, right, um, and, and especially the fact with South Africa's high un unemployment rate, actually what's been happening and why I say the average millennial is in, in 2013, we, we put a lot of um, energy into actually attending a lot of courses and it was very amazing to see how many unemployed young people were there starting to think, you know what, I may be unemployed now, but I need to still be able to generate funds to, for my own upkeep. And, and, and those type of people, although they do not qualify for a specific bond per se, are using different aspects to still invest in property. I mean, my agents that are working for me, 
uh, and working with India literally work for themselves and are able to, through the property sector, generate income, which they then do um, average deals like rent to rent deals. Uh, and from there actually get an investment income from to subsidize their households. So it will be amazing to actually see how unemployed youth are still thinking that, you know what, we need to do this for ourselves. And property is a great, great market. And they're pursuing that knowledge and they're doing it. Talking about um, as an investor, what you really need. Yes, investors always need information because if you don't know your market, you, you're out of the water, right? And the millennials constitute the greatest population. So what's really happening in terms of understanding the insights of millennials is from, a, we talk about those that are investing and those that are renting, you, you find that more or less they are one and the same person because even the people renting from us are buying. I came into this meeting now having closed a deal with a tenant of mine that actually just bought another property that he's renting out. So they think in the mindset is not always about where do I stay that I own, but it's more of where do I own that I get the maximum out of that allows me to live where I want to live. Mm -hmm. um, for the average investor that is looking to say, okay, so what does all of this mean for me? What's happening is also people are changing. You know, gone are those days where we'll just get up and say, your rent is going up by 10% um, this year. The average person is saying, you know what? I have the numbers. I know what CPR is. I know what the going rate in our complex or our estate is. And if you're going to charge me an extra 800 bucks when I can just move next door and get porcelain tiles and get um, granite tops, bread, newly furnished apartment, I'll move there and you lose your 800 bucks. So it's getting the average investor to actually also sit and go, wait a minute, what's really happening? And how do I maximize the relationship I have with this person so that I don't really push for an 800 bucks, which will leave my property sitting empty for uh, a, a full month and I lose 8,000, so to speak, you know? So yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about our markets. We're doing great things. <laughs> And I think, you know, one of the certainly one of the issues, uh, you know, that I think about as you've been saying that is that certainly if you look at some of the metropolitan areas, you you come to realize that the market is quite overstocked. Uh, we're going to see with the effects of COVID that we're increasingly going to see more properties going onto the market. So certainly as a landlord, you also need to understand that double digit increases on rental simply isn't going to fly right now. I mean, a lot of people are already monitoring how certain property prices are declining. There's certainly reports that it could decline up to 20% um, in the next, you know, in the next year. I think the, the growth point CEO was actually saying that they're already seeing decreases as much as 15% in some, some areas in the country, which of course, certainly as, as a buyer, if, you, if, if you've got the cash and you know that you've got a pretty secure job, that's good news for you. But if you're already sitting with, uh, you know, multiple properties, we also know that this is, of course, going to affect rental prices. You might find that certain landlords might need to decrease their rental amounts because we are in quite a, you know, stressed economy right now with different people losing their jobs or certainly losing portions of their, um, you know, salary. So that is certainly something that we need to be mindful of. And I actually like what you raised, uh, Evo, when you're talking about how some renters are also still buying. So this misconception, certainly as millennials, that even when we are renting, 
um, it does not necessarily mean that we're not buying because it might mean that it actually makes more economic sense for you to rent in a particular area because we also know about the different barriers of accessing certain areas when you want to buy them because the property price might be, let's say, in the millions, but renting in that area is 7,000 rands. So you're yeah. thinking, actually, this is the suburb I want to live in and <laughs> it's cheap enough or affordable enough for me to rent, but I'm still going to be buying the rental properties that are going to be bringing that passive income or certainly paying that home loan off over the years. Ebo, we're going to go for a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be taking questions and comments from viewers at home. If you're a millennial investor, I want to hear how you think you're shaking up the, you know, the property space. Because I certainly think a lot of us, um, we have different needs. I know as a millennial, millennial investor, there's certain demands that I, I tend to have. I'm quite bullish in, you know, certainly negotiating things like prices and some of the other features that I would want from a property. So I want to hear what your, some of your, um, you know, how you're navigating property as a millennial investor and how you think we're potentially changing the way that property is done from the older generation. We'll be back just after this. for dealing with the bank. So perhaps you're renting in a property where it is run by a body corporate. Understanding the basic calculation, income minus expenses, and you want to be left with a positive income. It is a very tough game. It's not easy at all. To stay ahead of um, knowing exactly what what your clients need, what, what their teething issues are. Have a joint move-in inspection. That a lot of people that are coming into sectional title homeowners associations are just like you described first not only first-time homeowners but first-time owners and residents in community schemes they get to see the perspective from the other side of the aisle and i think that's a really important thing to do it's a market that's estimated to, to, to be transacting at least nine billion rand per year so it's a huge market in order to get there you need to be able to build up your cash flow model needs to be sharp. Um, a, a quote comes to mind. The best time to buy a property was about 10 years ago. The next best time is now. Welcome back to episode 53 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamanto Kumalo. This evening, I'm joined by Ibo Kwagren, who's the real estate principal at properties.com. We're talking about how millennials are changing the way we invest in property. If you're a millennial investor and you think perhaps we've shaken the industry, even if it's just a little bit, do share how you think we've done so uh, right here below, whether you're watching us on Facebook, on Twitter, or perhaps on, um, on uh, YouTube, then do share your views with us this evening. Of course, later on in the show, we're going to be giving away that 5,000 Rand prize where we'll be you know, giving it away to people who entered that 100,000 Rand prize a few weeks ago. So do stay tuned to find out who is going to walk away with that prize. Now, Ibo, certainly one of the things that I'm interested in knowing, and I'm sure other you know, um, investors, particularly the older investors, uh, or even people who are going to be selling their properties, we're currently in a distressed market and it's slowly becoming more and more distressed um, there's certainly been different ways that banks have tried to, to ease the distress. We've certainly seen the Reserve Bank also try to make it better for uh, you know, people who currently have home loans to be able to service their home loans or, or seek some sort of relief. And the thing that we probably want to know is 
What are millennial investors looking for? So we're certainly talking about how we're, we're changing the property space, but what are we actually looking for? Whatever you found are some of the key things that drive millennial investors and, and why are some of those things essentially important for them? Great. So to hit, to, to basically answer your question straight up, uh, every millennial walks into a property and they're looking for a property that is done up for them. Okay. Uh, when I say done up for them, I mean that they're going to get the value for which they're going to pay for. So many people know millennials to be um, penny pinchers, think of cheapskates. Um, that's what we are and so be it. Okay. We want to be able to get that property for great value and we really don't care about the price. So what Thing that most people get wrong is they think okay i need to have a very cheap property to have a good um buyer no the average millennial is thinking if this property if you say it's worth two million rand i want to experience two million rand so give that to me uh, and by that i mean don't let me walk into the property and then the 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 stove is broken the um, kitchen sinks are falling somewhere else um the carpets are dirty and you've not even taken the the, you know, the care to just spooge it up. Um, don't leave your garage door or your garage full of things when that's supposed to let me know how the, basically my cars can fit in. The average investor wants to come into the property and experience the home that they would get. So that's one big thing. Um, anyone that is on the market thinking of selling, think decluttering your home, um, think, think making the, basically cleaning the lawn. Uh, it's the simple things that we can do to make the place look good um, that we should be doing. And if we ask him for the value that we ask him for, let's really make sure that it's worth it because in, the millennial also doesn't wanna feel like they take in for a ride. They've got access to information. They've got from the, I mean, from this phone, he's able to basically find out all the properties that have sold in your area and for how much they sold for. And if, so you want to price right and you want to make sure that what you're asking for is fair and they will take it as long as you put in the effort to, to present that value straight through to them. We are, of course, taking your questions and comments at home. I'm joined this evening by Ibo Kwakwek. And we're looking at how millennials are changing the way we invest in property. And we've got a question here coming in from one of our regular uh, viewers, Bon Sabakwe, who asks, everybody is talking about how how right now is the best time to buy property? Are they factoring the current COVID-19 crisis with people losing their jobs? Are we not going to have a problem renting these properties out, not to mention the interest rate hikes in the near future? And that's of course the million rand question, right? Is this the right time to buy? Should people be you know, looking on privateproperty.co.za, seeing that prices are being reduced and making that offer right now, or perhaps wait a little bit um, and then make a decision later on. So here is where I put on my economics cap um, that I spent four years of university life to actually earn, right? My wife says to me, why didn't you practice as, as an economist? Because you're passionate about it. Here's the bottom line. There is no better time to invest in any asset class, okay? That is straight up true. Every asset class, you cannot really time. What you really want to be looking at is the fundamentals. So what's the fundamentals within the South African um, economy as it stands? Interest rates are going down. The question of interest rates going down 
you need to ask why are interest rates going down? Yes, we want to be able to help people keep their um, servicing their debts, but that is just on the superficial level. The main reason why interest rates are going down is that the country needs to stimulate growth. How do you stimulate growth? You stimulate growth by getting investors investing in things so that everybody can earn an income. And when that income is starting to rise, disposable income comes to the fore and people can then buy the goods that are being sold to them, okay? So now that we've gotten that out of the way, the next question is why property? And is it, should you be still doing it now if people are going to lose their jobs? There's one reason why we went into properties and somebody told me this. they said, no matter where you are in life, you will always need a roof over your head. So as an investor, you want to start thinking, which type of sectors are going to be losing jobs? Where do they live? And you need to basically change your portfolio around. There are always going to be job nodes. There are places where people will always centralize for work. Are you in that area? Are you buying in that area? If that area is too expensive, so people ask, but Ebo, you specialize in cents and city, you're selling millions of rents of properties and you rent out for the twenties or thousands. So basically you can't count here. No, you need to be thinking to say, hey, there is actually that 2 million rent property that for some odd reason, the person actually paid 1.5 million and is willing to let it go because I'd rather sell the property than get a bad credit record, you know? because you're only as good as your credit record. So people are also thinking along these lines and they're saying, I don't owe the bank 10 million. Why should I ask for 10 million for the property if I can just let it go and then basically take myself away from this debt and refinance on another 8 million rent property and benefit from it. So to answer Bongi's question straight up, there is no better time to invest in property. Matter of fact, why it is important to buy now rather than any time ever is because stock is generally available. You are able to, if you negotiate well and you have a great estate agent who understands why he's selling or she is selling property and understands the market they are in, can actually coach you to buy right, okay, and negotiate right. Negotiation is very important. Um, so those are the things you need to, to your advantage. And yes, you should be buying now because people will always need a roof over their heads and you should project forward and say, this property that I'm buying, will I get that 6,000 Rand in rental to pay my bond of 5,000 Rand? Or will I get that 10,000 Rand to pay my bond of, of um, 8,000 Rand? Always think and leave yourself uh, a little bit of a buffer so that you are not caught in that mix. But with a good credit record and a bit of enthusiasm, this is the time to invest in property and no other time. So I'll, you know, I'll share the almost opposite side of, of the, is right, is right now the, the right time to buy uh, or should you wait uh, side of the coin? Uh, just so our viewers get both sides, because this is certainly a question that I've asked of different guests that we've had on, that are full on panel where we're unpacking whether we should be looking at property as an asset class right now, and perhaps some of the things that you should consider. And I think a very important one, and Bonds does raise this, I mean, we're seeing historically low interest rates um, and not because they were natural. I mean, we already had an emergency meeting from the Reserve Bank when they announced the, you know, one of the, the decreases. So contextualizing the historically low interest rates is important. As we're pointing out, Bonds, you know, you're certainly going to see people losing their jobs. 
um, or perhaps their incomes are going to be affected. I think certainly you as an individual investor, firstly, you need to afford the property that you're wanting to buy. Um, and be, be careful of not, um, you know, of not falling into the trap of a false affordability because the downside or one of the other sides to low interest rates is that let's say previously before we saw these interest rates um you know decreases so in the beginning of january you perhaps qualified for one million rand uh bond and now with these historically low interest rates you now let's say you know qualify for 1.5 if you're really maxing out your finances at one million rand we certainly know right now that you haven't increased um your salary hasn't increased in in a way that's going to have you affording 1.5 interest rates are going to come back up. They're not going to stay here for a long period of time. They, were, they went down because we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Certainly a lot of economists are predicting that it might go down perhaps by another 50 basis points or 100 um, the next time the, the Reserve Bank meets. And maybe that might be the last one. We'll certainly see how the economic effects are. So it's really important to, to run your numbers um, and rather be slightly more cautious. So when you do make that jump, don't max out the affordability, perhaps buy a property that's slightly on the lower end of whatever your affordability is. And of course, always remember to factor in the running costs of that property, which is of course something that so many of us you know, make because you buy that property, you think you only have to pay for your bond. We've certainly echoed this right here on the Private Property Podcast that there are other costs to home ownership, Make sure that you budget for those and you're actually able to afford it. So even when interest rates you know, go up, you'll still be able to service that bond. And if you find yourself that you might not be able to service it, and you look at the averages in terms of what the rental being collected is, you still see that, no, I'm not going to meet these numbers. Then perhaps rather wait, put that money away, you know, can put it away, get a little bit of interest, and then eventually buy when the market is slightly more stable. So it's certainly something you don't want to jump into. Uh, I think many of us probably made uh, a couple of mistakes, and I certainly share about some of the mistakes I made. I mean, one of the mistakes I made when I bought was I didn't realize you have two different attorneys that handle. But I was buying properties at a go. And so I had different lawyers sending me their invoices. By the time the third and fourth lawyer was sending an invoice, I thought somebody's trying to scam me and it's my email address, only to find that I actually have to pay four lawyers and not two. So really, you know, watching private property podcasts and learning as much as possible, going onto privateproperty.co.za and going under the advice section does help in you, you being better equipped to make the right decision and running your numbers as effectively as possible. But before I make you go, uh, or yeah. rather before I let you go, what, what tips would you give then to millennial investors? I mean, we've certainly been looking at people who will be servicing the millennial investor. What tips would you then give to the actual millennial investor as they navigate their property ownership and their property um, investment journey? So the first one is to follow up from where you were and basically to let everybody know that in as much as it's a great time to be buying into property, this is not the time to be picking up that treasure house, so to speak. So it's not the time for you to go and max out your credit for a, a house for you to live in. It's a time for you to be thinking, I need to buy my time because a lot more people may lose their jobs. And if I lose my job today and I was earning 20,000 Rand, how do I get property to basically give me that 20,000 Rand while I'm sitting at home? Because the moment the bank grants you the bond, you've got the bond for 20 years and you want to be able to get the income from it. So sitting down again with a qualified estate agent who understands finance is very important for that point of view. 
The second thing you want to look at in terms of a tip for, for an investor is basically to, to look at the, the investment gain from a point of actually, you know, in real estate, we preach location, location, location. And most of you that have seen any of my videos would know I'm totally against that. I believe first is your strategy. Sit down. There is a strategy for every single thing. And the strategy is, do I want income or am I heavily in debt and I need capital? Get that print down and have somebody, if you don't know how to do it, have somebody help you do it so that you can get your strategy right. Because if your strategy is right, your area will be right. And if the area is right, the property that you find will then be right and you are set and ready to go. Um, so that's very important. Get set, um, strategy, area, property, strategy, area, property, and always. The last thing I would leave as a great tip is to actually listen into what's happening, but don't listen to the negative. Listen with an opportunistic eye. So for example, uh, many people say to me, Ebo, why are you so bullish about the inner CBD now than you were five years ago? And I say to them, because five years ago, everybody was talking about it. It was just talk. Now I'm able to actually look at the sectional title block. So we've uh, started managing sectional title schemes and we are able to then control the sectional title and unlock um, the value that was hidden in those properties. So you want to look at, at things more from a point of not the hype and not the negative news, but with your opportunistic eye and say, what is in it for me and why am I in it for the long term? Always think long term and uh, property is a great place to be. But don't do it without much information. Educate yourself as much as possible. Private property is doing a great thing. I'm so, so um, encouraged by the way you, you actually ask your questions and the things you're doing and what private property um, headed by Amasi is doing. Um, I'm incredibly in awe of you guys. Keep it up. That's where education needs to be going. That's what we as property companies should do for all of you. Thank you so much there, Ebo. I'm going to actually put you on the spot. Uh, one of our questions is coming in from Santi Angela, uh, who asks, I would really love to know which areas are experiencing drastic percentage declines as mentioned <laughs> as a point of interest to investigate any investment opportunities. I get asked this question a lot. I never answer it directly, but I'm going to put you on the spot because we've got oh, you on the show. Oh my, really want to do that. So I get this question too all, all the time. And what I've said to my investors is the following. Get your strategy right. So, for example, most of my uh, millennial friends, right, want to buy their time. That's the, that's the principal thing they want to do. They understand that they may lose their job in the next two years, three years, whatever, because everything is getting replaced. You know, sitting at home during this COVID has taught so many people how their jobs are so totally replaceable in a day like this. Because... Mm -hmm companies need to move move with technology like it's such a fast pace it's not even funny so knowing that and if your strategy is to buy your time you want to basically look at what is to change so for example uh people will always need work where will they need work right or where are people going for work so they all come into sanctum at the moment that's a, one of the reasons why properties.com built our head office in sanctum However, you can't afford a 2 million rent property or 1.5 million rent property in a specific sandown property. You want to then say to yourself, what areas are around centered that I can still get value from? And if I rent it out, I can get as many people coming in and going out when the time gets due. 
or where do I build great relationships? So that's very important. Um, if, if you are a capital person, you want to basically ask yourself this question. Where are the developments um, coming in the future that at the moment I can pick up property at dirt cheap prices? So I'm in Johannesburg. I've bought properties and sold in areas like Soshanguve um, last year and the year before at multiple folds. Why did I do that? Because um, there was a lot of drive to the area and we could easily pick up capital there. Does that mean that area is still available for you to do that? I don't know. You need to go check out the numbers for yourself or basically have somebody consult with. Uh, so you want to look at things like that. Where are people planning to go and what jobs are going there? Very important, where jobs are going there, um, what the workforce is going to be doing and base your decision on such things and see how it fits to your property strategy. Very important. Eber, we're going to leave it there this evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Great pleasure. Great, great pleasure. Thank you, Zama. And that was Ebo Quagrain, who's a real estate principal at properties.com. If you want his contact details, we have, of course, posted them down below. It isn't quite yet the end of the show. We are, of course, coming back after a short break. We will be announcing the winner of that 5,000 Rand prize. You don't want to miss this. for dealing with the bank. So perhaps you're renting in a property where it is run by a body corporate. Understanding the basic calculation, income minus expenses, and you want to be left with a positive income. It is a very tough game. It's not easy at all. To stay ahead of um, knowing exactly what what your clients need, what, what their teething issues are. Have a joint move-in inspection. That a lot of people that are coming into sectional title or homeowners associations are just like you described, first not only first-time homeowners, but first-time owners and residents in community schemes. They get to see the perspective from the other side of the aisle. And I think that's a really important thing to do. It's a market that's estimated to, to, to be transacting at least 9 billion rand per year. So it's a huge market. In order to get there, you need to be able to build up your cash flow model needs to be sharp. Um, a, a quote comes to mind. The best time to buy a property was about 10 years ago. The next best time is now. Welcome back to episode 53 of the Private Property Podcast. I'm your host, Uzamantu Kumalo. It's, of course, that time of the evening where we give away 5,000 Rand price. Remember that we're giving this price away for the next 10 episodes. I think we're now on episode four of the giveaway. And we'll be giving away the 5,000 Rand price at the end of each podcast. And very shortly, we'll be choosing the winners uh, or rather the winner of this particular competition. Of course, the competition is open only to the people who entered that 100,000 Rand competition. And this of course includes rental agents or estate agents who are not employees of private property. The second, you know, T's and C's of this particular competition is that one winners will be, you know, randomly drawn as we're just about to do 
right here live on air and we're going to be announcing them shortly and the last thing is that the private property team will reach out to the winner within 24 hours to verify their details it's very important that you pick up that call um, because we want to make sure that we confirm your details and in the event where we can't confirm your details then the prize money is going to roll over to the following day well we're now ready for that competition and we have already started uh, we have pressed the picker and very shortly we're going to see the different names just fly on the screen. Of course, the winner is going to be the final one that is selected. There are nearly 50,000 names that are going to or that are in, in, the, in, the, in the pot, right? I think it's about 46,000. And of course, that were, those were the people who you know, went through and of course submitted their responses to the survey that we ran. And very shortly we'll get to see who wins that 5,000 Rand prize. And the winner is Yaku Durka. Yaku Durka, congratulations. You walk away with this evening's 5,000 Rand prize. I hope you do pick up the call when the private property team contacts you tomorrow to verify all your details. Well, folks, that's it for this evening. Uh, it's been quite a great one. I think I've certainly learned quite a lot as a young person. I know that as a millennial investor myself, there are certain things that I always need to think about as I grow my investment property and as I work with other millennials. Because I think one of the things we must not take for granted is as we're growing our own investment you know, portfolios or property portfolios, we're working with fellow millennials and trying to collaborate as much as possible. We're back tomorrow evening. I think, is it a Friday? I, can't even, I don't even know which day of the week it is because we're always at home and we're always doing everything from the comforts of our homes. It is a Friday. We'll be back tomorrow. And you do not want to miss tomorrow's shows. Tomorrow's show, we'll be sharing it right here on our different social media platforms in terms of who's going to be joining us and what you can expect. Until then, I hope you're staying home and staying safe. Hi, I'm Khumad Zaboy, and I'm an entrepreneur from Soweto. Soweto's come a long way from a small township to a mini city of its own. Soweto's got some really, really nice suburbs, like Deep Cliff Extension, but the locals call it Deep Cliff Expensive. Orlando is known as a suburb that had the first brick houses built in Soweto. Orlando Stadium for its iconic games between Kaiser Chiefs and Pirates. And most importantly, Villagazi Street, where Nelson Mandela and Desmond Tutu resided. <laughs>